With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Juwan's board is frozen. It happens. It happens. Thanks, bud. No problem. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You are listening to Home. We have unfrozen the board. <laughs> it happens. It happens. I'm Dean Sharp, the house whisperer, custom home builder, custom home designer, here with you live like I am every weekend, Saturdays from 6 to 8, Sundays from 9 to 11. Welcome to the second hour of our fine program. Uh, i tell you why we're here. We're here to help. I'm here to be an advocate for you as you wrestle with construction issues on your home. I am here to be a design mentor for you because when it comes to transforming that place where you live, you know what? Design matters most. And, uh, you know, just a friendly voice on your Sunday morning because who doesn't need more of that? Uh, you have found us right in the middle of an all-calls weekend. That means that uh, you get to tell me what the show is about today by uh, giving me a call and asking me a question about your home, whatever it may be, design issue, construction issue, DIY thingy, what it, what it, I don't even know what DIY thingy means, but, uh, but uh, yeah, you ask your question and I'm going to try and give you a decent answer. Hey, Dean. What? Before we go back to the phones, I have a question. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this is usually does not lead to good things well i've been looking at some pottery and i've been looking at some moldings and they have this really beautiful detail and so i kind of wanted to find out from you if you knew because i looked oh, is it this up. a test i looked is it up. A yeah, test? This is a test to see if you know because i had never heard this term before what but, okay so what do you call that decorative kind of motif con convex pattern either on pottery or in a molding it's kind of got that the kind of curved band it tapers sometimes convex concave it's a it's a repeating pattern like on a like say like on a piece of molding like uh like an egg pattern yeah like, like a repeating egg, egg yeah, pattern exactly you call it a repeating egg pattern okay or you mean like okay so it can be called egg and dart or lamb's tongue yeah. i mean there's a lot of oh what is the category but what do you call that category do you know <laughs> It's called gadrooning. No way. How do you even know that? It's called gadrooning. Stop Am it. I wrong? No, you're not wrong. It's gadrooning. It it's is. a gadroon. G-A-D-R-O-O-N. <laughs> I'm impressed. There you go. All right. Back to the phone, sir. <laughs> Nerd alert. Warning. Exactly. Exactly. Warning. Exactly. Warning. All right. Yeah. It's a gadroon. Now we're going to have to use that word again and again. 
for weeks to come. That's the word of the day. We're going to use it. It's <laughs> going to be the word of the month. All right. Uh, why don't we go back to the phones and get some real questions, not some tests? Bill, welcome home. Um, hi, Dean. Hi. Are you, can you hear me? I'm here. I'm here. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. I'm just recovering from the gadrooning. But I'm I here. Gotta, I heard all that. I never heard the word either. So there you go. <laughs> uh, I think you almost answered uh, on a previous call. My, my question has to do with flooring as well, inconsistent flooring. On our first floor, roughly one half of the floor of the first floor is carpeted. And the other half, uh, or roughly one half, is uh, parquet flooring. Okay. Now it's not it's not cool uh, chevron parquet. It's a standard little you know four inch square type things. In order to get consistency, in in between is a kitchen, but you know generally speaking, it's almost fifty fifty of two very inconsistent floorings. And as you had already mentioned, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not too cool. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, what we want to do, I favor continuing the parquet because, after all, parquet is still hardwood, and I hate to step down into something that's like laminate or something like that, giving up hardwood. My wife says absolutely not because parquet is so dated, all we're doing is dating the house. Now, I hear that parquet is coming back, but that's more in the fancy sort of chevron or, or, or different patterns, and mine is not. Uh, mine is the ordinary parquet. What's your feelings on parquet? Is it really too dated and not worth? It seems to me it would be cheaper for me to just finish off the one half of the downstairs with the parquet since I already have it on half. Okay. All right. So first of all, let me let me just say that I'm fully aware I'm about to step into a situation where I'm standing between you and your wife. Okay. <laughs> Who's listening on the and, other front? <laughs> and so. Uh, and so thanks, Bill. Let me just thank you ahead of time for that. Cause I always love being the center of an argument. Um, there you go. No, I, you know, here, here's the thing. And honestly, I'm not trying to be political about this. Uh, it, it's just, I think a longer conversation. If, if I was your designer that I'd have to have with both of you, because I, uh, I agree with both of you, but for different reasons. Um, I agree with you 100%. I mean, if you've already got hardwood going on in a house, uh, you know, why turn back, especially if hardwood suits your lifestyle? Uh, so, yeah, I'm 100% right there with you. Uh, I also have no issues with parquet as a concept. I mean, parquet floors have been around for some 500 years now, some, some from the 16th century forward, and uh, European parquet floors are just literally works of art. We still do and design parquet floors for house all the time. Parquet is not a, it's not a cheap term. Most people think of it that way. Parquet simply means that you're making a repeating wood pattern, usually as some form of square wood pattern, uh, out of smaller pieces of hardwood. Now, the kind of parquet that most 
tract homes in Southern California have in them, usually from the 40s or 50s or 60s, uh, is a very, uh, it, well, it, it's, it's parquet technically, yeah. Uh, it's kind of a basket weave pattern. It means like four or five little strips are headed one direction, and then another a square has got them headed uh, perpendicular to that. Um, right. That kind of parquet, it sounds like the parquet that you have was intentionally put in by builders to save money. Okay. They are just trying to come away with not having to put in as thick a hardwood or as nice a hardwood as otherwise they would have had to have done. So I'm not a huge fan of that particular kind of parquet. And so in that sense, uh, I agree with your wife. It's like, no, please don't add more of that parquet to the house. So that's kind of where we find ourselves, uh, my friend. Uh, I like parquet floors. I th they are gorgeous. In fact, some of the most sophisticated floors that uh, you can put into a home uh, in terms of hardwood are, in fact, parquet floors, but not those. So um, I think you guys have got to have a uh, kind of a come-to-Jesus moment uh, when it comes to uh, having the conversation about, yeah, hardwood, good. Um, maybe continue hardware th through the house, but uh, let's not take a floor that somebody doesn't like and extend it the rest of the way through the home and make every floor in the house a floor that somebody doesn't like. Bill? Well, also what you had uh, on the prior call, you mentioned this porcelain plank. If I were yes. to just get rid of everything from what the prior caller what you were talking about um i could also incorporate the kitchen which is we haven't talked about but it's between the two it's, yeah. you know obviously yeah. it's between the uh the, the carpeting and the the old parquet get rid of all of that and go to porcelain plank now i'm jumping ahead of myself i could incorporate maybe the kitchen as well with porcelain yeah. plank. Yeah, and that there's Yeah, and there's no doubt Bill that that is probably where our conversation would end up. I would probably encourage you that if you guys are looking to refresh your floors, lose the carpet and the old parquet, both of which uh have uh, you know issues of datedness to them these days and refresh the entire floor with one single material and now we're back to the previous conversation which is luxury vinyl plank which by the way looks gorgeous you should go check it out don't don't shy away from that it's not laminated it's solid okay all the way through and it's incredibly durable so check out those two options bill good luck with that you notice how i just deftly dodged those bullets i did yeah all right when we return more of your calls right here I'm so glad you joined me this morning. You're listening to Home with Dean Sharp, The House Whispered. KFI, Dean Sharp, The House Whisper at your service. It is an all-calls weekend, meaning you are telling me what the show is about today. The number to reach me, 833-2-ASK-DEAN, 833-2-ASK-DEAN. Hey, uh, let's jump back to the phones in just a second, but before we do, I'm going to get this uh, done be as, so I don't forget to do it. Uh, it's time for today's house call. It's time for another house call. 
with Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer. All right, uh, today's house call, as always, brought to you by WDC Kitchen and Bath Center. Here is a question that I get all the time. How big does a bath vanity have to be to accommodate two sinks, Dean? Well, here's an answer. Uh, About five feet. You could squeeze it into four, but honestly, four feet just does not leave much counter space. And counter space is as important as the sinks. Even five feet is a little challenging. But here is an option that you may not have uh, known was even available, a trough sink. If you're trying to save space on a small vanity and yet have two people use a sink, use one sink, a trough with two faucets pouring into it. Uh, It frees up more counter space, which is precious. It looks great. Trough sinks can come in undermount or overmount or vessel forms. And to find a trough sink, if you've never seen one before, you have to go to a real kitchen and bath center like WDC. And they also have every other sink on planet Earth there for you to decide. So you're going to get the best sinks for your vanity. And that is today's house call. All right. See, now I don't have to uh, forget that and push it to the next segment because I always do. So house calls are important to make. Uh, Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Greg, welcome home. Hi, thank you very much, Dean. How are you? I am well, sir. How are you? Great, great, thanks. So I am uh, in the process, well, we're going to be soon in the process of remodeling the bathroom. And I'm wondering about the curbless showers. I've, I've... use these in different hotels uh, and uh, I really, really like them, but I've also seen in some of the hotels how water gets all over the floor sometimes. So I'm wondering Mm -hmm. how difficult, I mean, I I would not install them myself, of course, I would hire someone to do it, but I'm wondering how difficult they are to install, how much they're used in homes and uh, just kind of everything that goes along with, is it worth really doing based on the risk of ending up with, you know, a a shower that doesn't work well? (laughs) I got you. Uh, I am a huge lover of curbless showers, Greg. Uh, In fact, uh, Tina and I will tell you that uh, we only put in showers with curbs these days in situations where structurally we absolutely have no other choice or uh, for some reason the uh, client uh, just insists on having a shower with a curb. I love curbless showers because they should, when they're done right, will function just as well as any shower. The shower pan, unbeknownst to most people, a lot of people think, you know, a curbless shower, you just got a drain sitting on a flat floor and water's going to get everywhere. But the shower pan is still there. The floor still uh, bowls down towards the drain, just like it does on the inside of that curb. The only thing that's gone is the curb, not the shower pan. Uh, Now, sometimes structurally you can't do it. You may have a post-tension slab and you may have a cable running right underneath you and you can't lower that area as effectively as you want. Or you may have a house with uh, floor joists that are eye joists and you can't notch into. There are reasons why you can't always do, uh, as far as a remodel or retrofit is concerned, a curbless shower. But um, I love them. I love them because they open up the expansiveness of a bathroom because you don't have to interrupt the flooring material. You don't have to put another line on the floor that says, look, this space is a totally different space unto itself. They allow the bathroom to just sort of flow and remain open. And I love them because of the emphasis that we are now putting on all of our designs 
for aging in place architecture. A curbless shower is a shower you can just shuffle right into in and out. You can bring a walker in, you can be a, uh, bring a wheelchair in, but it's not your classic, oh, handicap access and this looks that way. It's just art that also happens to function at a very high level and that's the goal of great architecture where form and function are both firing you know at 110 percent so i am a fan uh and uh, when done properly and when the water is contained properly most people have issues with curbless showers when they don't have any shower glass enclosure or shower curtain around them and of course water is going to splash out into the kitchen i into the kitchen into the bathroom uh in those situations it would whether you had a curb or, or not just because it's splashing off your body but when contained properly curbless showers are uh, are great and uh this is the trend in building uh 10 years from now you may not see many curbed showers at all anywhere and uh as far as i'm concerned that's a good thing greg thank you for your call more of your calls when we come back you're home with dean sharp the house whispered Black and blue. she's not the one coming back for you she's not the one coming back for you if I fall back down, you're gonna help me back up again. If I fall back down, you're gonna be my friend. If I fall back down, AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You're home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. It's an all-calls weekend. We're going to get back to the phones here. Uh, you get to tell us what it is that uh, we're talking about today uh, because I want to hear what's going on with your home. Uh, hey, is this... Michael Crozier on line 12. Michael, welcome home. Good. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. Good morning to you. And uh, good morning to uh, Christina. It's nice to be on with you guys this morning. It's good to have you. Our very own Michael Crozier on the line. What do you need, bud? So um, uh, Jennifer and I, my fiance, we've, uh, we've been considering solar now for the house for a couple of years. But uh, priorities have uh, put us in other directions. But uh, obviously, with these high prices that we've been seeing lately, it's just uh, really kind of come to the forefront. And uh, we have somebody coming out uh, later this week that was going to kind of give us an estimate, give us some ideas. But I, I you know, I keep hearing the the, the newer aspects uh, that are arguments that are going on, like these incentives, these power back incentives might be going away. And I'm just wondering, what are the things that I need to to ask, or what are the things I need to look out for? You know, when I whenever I talk to any of these guys about this stuff. Okay. <coughs> sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. I know it's a big just, question. <laughs> it was just so it just so blew me over. I just had a coughing fit right here on the air. Uh, okay, so when it comes to solar, the the okay, so I'm going to answer it from two perspectives, uh, Michael. One from a, a builder's perspective, and one from a designer's perspective. Uh, let's start okay. with the designer thing because that's easier, but it is it's an overriding concern of mine. I know, uh, I, you know, I want everybody to have solar if they can get solar on the ho their house, but I really do not want solar to mess up the curb appeal of your home and screw around with your property values because you got these big, ugly, uh, black and white spotted solar panels all over, you know, like the front elevation of your house. So for everybody, when you're considering solar, you want to work with a company. And here's question number one. How creatively can we get solar up on my roof area based on my solar needs for my house so that we can keep those panels low profile, looking really good, 
and tucked away from, uh, you know, high visibility areas like front elevations. I don't care about the back of the house. That's great. Just go to town. Uh, uh, you know, the side yard uh, roof lines of the house. Great. Uh, but let's do everything we can to keep them off the front elevation roof, if at all possible. So that's number one. Number two, how those panels are going to get installed from a design perspective is another question to ask. If you've got like, like a heavy Spanish tile roof, you should be talking with your company about removing the Spanish tiles, the heavy, thick tiles, putting in a, a very thin roofing material or low-profile roofing material down underneath and embedding your solar panels in your Spanish tile roof so that it's not sticking way up above. If it's just a standard kind of uh, asphalt shingle roof, then they should be sitting on low-profile risers with a beautiful skirting around them. So again, they look as architecturally good as possible. Okay, that's the design side of things. The build side of things is uh, simply this. Get as much solar power plugged into your house as possible uh, take advantage. Yeah, eventually, you know, you know, they've been saying that all the rebates and things uh, and credits are going to go away any year now. I'm not really seeing that happen. They have changed a lot, though. The state of California varies in the amount of rebate that it gives. The federal government varies in the amount of rebate. So I wouldn't be, you know, urgently moving forward just because of that. But I will tell you this, you know, the whole point of solar is to save you money, not cost you money in the end. So it really, the difference between rebates versus not having as many rebates on hand is really all about, it's not about uh, not saving money. It's about uh, how long is the payback period before you just are completely operating uh, in the black all of the time. And if you're leasing your system and it's completely uh, uh, a non-issue. Um, and then uh, and then it just comes down to the equipment and the warranty. Uh, the equipment itself, you want high-yielding panels, each one with its own micro-inverter uh, on it, micro-inverters on each panel, so that as panels go bad, and sometimes they do, it does not compromise the rest of the system and shut the rest of the system down. They can identify it, they can get out and replace it and you want the kind of stellar warranty stellar warranty that means labor and material uh is covered in uh, replacing or servicing the system that's an important thing when you're going to put something on your house that's going to be up there for the next you know quarter century yeah um we're uh, we're also at a point where uh at some point in the near future we're looking at replacing the roof as well so is that something where it's like we need to consider if we're going to do it, we absolutely should get the roof done beforehand. And does it matter if we get a company that says they do roof and solar or should they always those those be absolutely separate companies? Uh, you know what that I can't tell I can't advise you on because some companies that do roof and solar actually don't do the roof. They just sub it out under the same company name. Uh, you just have to okay, kind of yeah. investigate it. But as far as replacing the roof. Uh, goes. You could actually also do that in two different ways because you know what? Here's the thing. Nobody's going to see the roof that's underneath the solar panels uh, when they're installed low profile and properly. So if you wanted to move ahead with the solar, what you would do is you would just make sure that that section of the roof that's underneath the panels gets uh, replaced and updated, and then you could wait on the rest of it and then just tie the rest of it in after the fact. So you really do have a lot of flexibility when it comes to that. Uh, 
And, and so it's really uh, your choice, and you should have that conversation with your solar designer, whoever the reps are that are coming out. And again, look for that like killer warranty and the full service when it, uh, when it comes to those things uh, uh, regarding solar. And also, always make sure that whether or not you're going to do this for, for electric vehicles, always make sure that the panel that they set you up with is going to be electric vehicle and battery ready. Uh, and that way, uh, because because in the future, my friend, in the future, whether you guys are you know going to put in uh, you know backup batteries right now, or whether you've got an EV vehicle right now or not, the fact of the matter yeah, is, we're thinking about that's, it. Yeah. that's where things are going. And batteries, even though they're crazy expensive right now, you know all it, all it's going to take is one big sea change in battery technology, and the next thing you know, everybody's going to want a battery, an inexpensive battery that powers their whole house. So just make sure your system is ready so that they don't have to rebuild the whole panel part of this, the electrical panel part of the system, if you want to upgrade to an electric vehicle or a battery in the future. Hey, Michael, I got to go. I hope that uh, helped answer those questions. Really good question. Thanks for bringing up solar on the show today. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it very much. All right, bro. Talk to you soon. Yes. All right, y'all. Uh, I'm looking at the clock. It's time for us to run to a break. You are home with Dean Sharp, the house whispered. House Whisperer. Welcome home. Hey, thank you for joining us on the program this morning. I appreciate all of our callers. I'm sorry if I couldn't get to every single one of them. We never do. Uh, but we will be back yet again next week answering calls, talking to you about uh, super relevant things about your home. As for today, we're going to wrap it up right here. I want to leave you with uh, this thought today. Um, what is a custom home? Dean's always going on about custom home, custom, custom, custom home. He wants a custom home. He doesn't care if we live in a luxury home. He just wants us to live in a custom home. Why build a custom home? Well, it seems like these should be easy questions for a designer to answer, but they are trickier than they first appear. And so it is with all uh, simple but profound questions. You know, one of the sentences that has changed my life was spoken by Albert Einstein. He once said, if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, you don't understand it yourself. And I have returned to that thought again and again to measure my supposed wisdom and expertise against it. And I don't mind telling you, I often uh, fall short. Uh, for instance, ask an architect what the meaning and purpose of architecture is, and then watch perhaps most of them fumble around with a long, awkward explanation. That is very illustrative, uh, but I don't laugh too hard because it happens to all of us. So I regularly check myself. I ask myself the most basic questions like, why do we design custom homes? And here is my answer. I want your home to be a custom home because a custom home is a tool for building yourself a truly beautiful life. A custom home challenges us like Socrates to know thyself. It demands from us a level of self-knowledge, and which, by the way, is the first step on the path towards true happiness. The second step toward true happiness is mastery. The 
effective extension of who you are and who you are becoming into the world. Mastery is all about seamlessly extending ourselves outward, whether you're swinging a hammer or driving a car or practicing your backhand. We describe it all the same way. In sports, we say things like, let the club become a natural extension of your body. If you happen to be on the radio, then it's this microphone. Uh, you know, when I started doing this uh, five years ago, the biggest distraction to sharing my thoughts with you was this big black thing in front of my face right now. Now, I don't even notice that it's there. And the same holds equally true for whatever you uh, hold on to. A tennis racket, a bat, a paintbrush, a whisk, a hammer, saw, a camera, a pen, a relationship, and yes, a home. A custom home fits perfectly in your hand. In the best of worlds, we surround ourselves with a life that is authentically and organically a natural extension of who we are. A life so seamless and effortlessly responsive to the rhythms of our, our mind and our body and our emotions that we lose track of where we end and where it begins. That's how it is with me in our humble home. That's how it is with me in my relationship with Tina. Most days I'm not sure where I end and she begins. We just flow. That's what it is to build a custom home around a custom life. And that is the second step toward happiness, mastery. But there is yet another. The first step is to know thyself. The second is to get busy designing a life so natural that you are tempted to take it for granted. The final step is don't take it for granted. Without gratitude, you will sit in your castle but not find any pleasure in it. I see this all the time. Gratitude is perhaps the hardest of the three steps, but without it, there is no payoff for all the other work. So know yourself, own your life, and count your blessings. Demand authenticity, pursue mastery, and practice gratitude. In my opinion, therein lies your best shot at happiness. And therein lies the meaning and the purpose for creating a custom home. Because we all have to live somewhere. And as our dwelling becomes a home, it means we're getting to know ourselves. We're beginning to master and extend ourselves into the world. And in gratitude for whatever we've been given, we're beginning to build ourselves a beautiful life. And there you have it, my friends. Thank you again for joining us this morning and this weekend. We will be back again next weekend. We'll see you Saturday morning at 6 o'clock. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.